Let's get ready to nibble and chew upon this remarkable banquet, because this is Bill's Big Bag of Onions. stories written and performed exclusively for the show and then dispersed with resplendently remarkable music. So sit back and kick off your shoes and allow your soul to be infused by our unique and innovative storytelling because this is Bill's Big Bag of Onions.
Bent on Escaping by Barney Tavistock. Sure, they dug far enough to reach beyond the perimeter. So they'd tunneled upwards, leaving 12 inches of topsoil to break through. They dug down from a disused ground floor latrine working at night. They'd used string to measure progress. The soil was deposited outdoors as far from the shaft as possible. They'd scrounged planks from wherever they could to shore up the tunnel walls. And the time had come. They burrowed up through the soil and emerged. Oh no, they'd miscalculated. They were in the middle of the back garden lawn. Their puzzled dad was pointing a torch at them. by Barry Waho.
Baroness of Wivenhoe was staying a few nights with old friends Philomena and her novelist husband Larry at their secluded scuba diving lodge near Monado, Indonesia. They urged her to go for a dive, but she waved the idea away and laughed. Nevertheless, the next day, as she ran her fingers along the coral and peered at the kaleidoscopic fish 50 meters down in the Pacific Ocean. She surrendered to the cloying rasp of her own breathing and realized she'd never been this far removed in every sense. From the restrained bustle of the House of Lords, in all her working life. Kind of Blue by Yvonne Beanie His wife was gravely ill. He sat by her bedside all night, every night, registered her every breath, move and sound. He scanned the assembled monitors, heard the bleeps and saw the suspended liquids course down the tubes into her body. Nurses came and went, ministering to her, ignoring him as he slid further into torporous exhaustion. Mysterious, efficient rituals were performed. One particular medication by her bedside, a small blue capsule, enabled his wife to escape reality. Ecstatic and invigorated, her visions and fluent stream of consciousness made no sense whatsoever. Would they notice if he took one?
Good Turn by Ian Sayers. As the man looked out over the field, his mind started to wander. He knew he wanted to stay, but the Soviets would never allow it, and even if he found a way to defect, would England even want him? How could he convince them that he, a lowly official, was worth it? But he loved it here. Gin rather than vodka, tea with milk, democracy. A sudden cry roused him from his reverie. A man dressed in black stood before him, asking him what he had seen. Maybe now was his chance. He thought quickly and allowed the goal. Ginger Nuts by Sue Beer The plane passed the moon three times. Each time the engine screamed to gain height following its aborted attempt to land in the storm. It rocked about in the wind. Sharon looked fearfully around at the people either side of her. The man had his eyes closed, his wife was praying, a mother was crying, comforted by her daughter, who perhaps did not realize the imminent danger they were in. Sharon reached into her bag and pulled out a packet of ginger nut biscuits. After all, there was no escaping the horror. So she might as well finish her lunch. In the night, it's 
snowed Fast tracks in the powder winding down to the road Winding from her tender grasp Beneath Seething Lane EC3 by Jim Crim. morning of Tuesday the 4th of September 1666, the great fire was coming on with infinite fury. I was blissfully unaware, still caught in the delicious morning slumber of the night before. I finally awoke when the maid screamed that the flames were four doors away. Hastily I got away most of my things by lighter, but my hands so few, my wine barrels and palmers and wheels remained. Sir W. Penn and I did dig a hole in the garden and put our wine in it, and I, my parmesan cheese. Samuel Pepys's wine and cheese remains buried to this day. Dolce et decorum est by Adrian Cohen. When this bloody war is over, no more soldiering for me. In 1914, John Middleton was serving with the 7th Yorkshire Regiment in the British Army in India. In 1915, they were redeployed to Egypt before being sent to Gallipoli to fight against Turkey. In 1916, Middleton's unit was evacuated and returned to Egypt, where it joined the Egyptian Expeditionary Force, which guarded the Suez Canal. In 1917, he and his regiment were sent to the Western Front, where they remained until the armistice in 1918. He wasn't demobbed. Instead, the British Army sent him to fight the Bolsheviks. He was killed in a bar brawl in Murmansk in 1919. When I get my civic clothes on Oh, how happy I will be Where the 
sketch of my outline Then you turn the wrong way round Don't stop now No, don't stop now You give me by Petra McQueen. Alice exhales with a whistle, which would, in another world, a world where milkmen clink bottles on donkey stone steps, be cheerful. We, her family, shuffle in plastic chairs and pretend. The whistle is not struggle. The whistle is not pain. The whistle doesn't signal anything. Outside the window, a car park, and the blue and red of a Tesco, the yellow arches of McDonald's. Beyond, a hill with trees, in which surely there is a ruffle-feathered bird, who, lifting up its sharp beak, whistles to the town, to Alice, to us. A song, only a song, nothing more. Got nothing in my favor, rain in my face, I'm going. 
Lonely Bear by Jenny Miller. It was my parents' choice, not mine, but having got this far, I just want to finish it and get out. The eye surgery was painful, but the heat vision's lovely and saves me on gas bills, and it's fun being able to see through things. Flying practice is hard work, but it feels amazing once you get the hang of it, and the strength and disguise skills will come in handy. Only a couple of weeks till graduation. I can't wait to get my blue bodysuit with the big S on the chest and my fiery red S cape. Toppy seas, lowered into a box, loaded onto a barge, finally arriving at Edinburgh of the Seven Seas on Tristan de Cunha. All because the lady loves Bill's big bag of onions. The world is just a great big onion. Buttons by Angela Cairns My gran had a button tin, an old Huntley and Palmer's Christmas assortment box with the Regency winter scene on the lid. Inside were myriad buttons in every colour, shape and size. As adult conversation began to pall, I'd take the tin into the front room, lay on my front on the prickly carpet square to use the smooth wooden floor at the edges as my canvas. I'd arrange by sets, colour, in geometric patterns or form mandalas like I saw in my kaleidoscope. Always a beautiful iridescent pearl button at the centre. I could play there for hours. Crawling its way 
About a thousand miles a day Take one last look behind Commit this to memory and mind Don't miss this wasteland This terrible place When you leave Keep your heart off your sleeve Motherland Stay beside me, don't go Don't you go Oh, my five and dime queen Tell me what have you seen Lost and the avarice The bottomless, the cavernous green Is that what you see, oh, motherland? Cradle me, close my eyes, lullaby me to sleep. Keep me safe, lie with me, stay beside me, don't go. It's your happiness. Not Shaken by Tom Wolsey I saw you Shopping at the mall Someone's arm around your waist This healing thing Can make me catch my breath I hear you talking through our boys Your slanted stories A change for the better, you said And I'd agreed But sometimes your happiness Just makes me feel small At first, I didn't know what to think or do because I'd made all my moves with you as us, as we. But then, you were gone. Anyway, I'm moving forward. That's good enough for me. So I wish you well now, as you be who you need to be. Ed, what's the name of this uh, radio program that I've been making? I don't know. Bill's Big Bag of Onions. Bill's Big Bag of Onions. Are you sure? Yes. Bill's Big Bag of Onions. In the land of grey and pink, where all the Boy Scouts stop to think. They'll be coming back again, those nasty grumbly grimblies, and they're climbing down your chimney, guess they're trying to get in. Come to take 
Discotech Dilemmas by Phil Boast. Emily had adjourned to the ladies' room with her best friend. You're in there then? He's a creep. Oh, I don't know. He's not bad looking. Well, you have him then. I don't want him. Nor do I. Back at the table, Linda spoke. So, Em, what time is your Scientology meeting in the morning? What? The young gentleman left for the bar and did not return. That worked then. Bugger off. Now I'm going to get a reputation. Thanks a lot. I thought you wanted rid of him. I did. I quite like his friend, though. He's mine. Hands off. Lucy jumped from the 39th floor. I said you just couldn't face another poor man. Every jukebox stuck on the who's next. Well, I almost got me when Jimmy said, Let's get along. To work on a farm And change the weather Couldn't do you no harm Let's get lost Pick up your feet Don't tempt fake boy Get a pair of cheapskates Penny walked in With that loving vein look Said every last man Should be hanging from a knee hook Looked in my eyes Singing marry me Bill I loosened my tie Just as Jimmy said Let's get lost Go work on a farm a change of weather couldn't do you no harm Let's get lost, pick up your feet 
don't tan, babe, boy, get a pair of cheapskates And I was so depressed today Yeah, I was so depressed today Bobby said we're gonna get rich quick You buy a brand new car, they give you automatic cash back Pick up a parking lot, no money down You scan the cost, just ask Jim and said Let's get lost, go work on a farm I'll Change your weather, good and do you no harm Let's get lost, pick up your feet Don't tempt fate, boy, get a pair of cheapskates Get lost, let's get lost Come on, let's get lost, let's get lost the Pies That Came In From The Cold by Pat Bloss Gustav the Pie Man turned up his collar against the bitter wind and stared glumly at the grey and formidable Berlin Wall. It had stood for twenty years, solidly and symbolically dividing east from west, brother from sister. As dusk settled, he carried his display of homemade pretzels back into the shop. Little did the guards know that this signalled that the coast was clear. Seconds later, a silhouette slid silently along an old electricity cable stretched between two buildings, either side of the wall, and dropped, unhindered, to freedom. Perhaps, thought Gustav, this one might bring news of his sister.
onions. Big bag of onions. Onions. by Tony Pierce. Ed was married to Jolie, Max to Sam. Max and Jolie were solid, dependable types, largely invisible. Ed and Sam were the showstoppers. After a dinner party, Max insisted on helping Jolie with the washing up. Everyone relaxed, knowing the dinner service was in safe hands. In the lounge, Ed and Sam giggled about what it would be like if they were a couple. Every minute would be pure dynamite, snorted Max, waving a cigar suggestively. We'd have a blast, agreed Sam. Meanwhile... Jolie licked ice cream from Max's navel, whilst he was transformed back to their illicit weekend in Budapest. Feet by Caroline Amanda. 
I remember the moment when I heard she'd resigned. I was sitting alone in the staff library, scrawling anodyne reports on slips of paper with a biro. PE teacher Eamon popped his head around the library door and told me the news. I was rather pleased that he'd felt he could deliver it with such unguarded glee, as we'd never really talked politics. That evening, sat in the pub across the road from the city library, I quaffed deeply and deliberately. The news about Thatcher had come too late to affect my escape plans, so I spent a few inebriated hours braying to my friends and imagining the consolation of foreign shores. It's just a routine night raid. They usually pass without any hiccups. We grab what we can and sneak off. Someone screams. A voice booms. It's all right, I'll get him. The thud of a stick banging on the floor. Peering through the curtain, I see Alfie darting away from it. Lucy gives the signal. We've practiced this numerous times, but never done it for real. The shrieking escalates as we all charge out in different directions. This disorientates the stick brandisher for just long enough to scuttle under the sofa and scramble into the hole in the skirting board. Travel 
Dramatic Exit by Ian Hornet. My brother-in-law, the salesman, was on a high. The presentation had been slick, effective and very well received. The accountant was in the bag, no doubt about it. Buzzing with adrenaline, he made his way towards the boardroom door, shaking hands with the whole team, smiling and joking as he said his farewells. One last enthusiastic wave and a promise to see them all very soon before he walked through the door straight into the stationary cupboard. The moral of the story, if you're going to make a dramatic exit, just remember you might have to come back in again. Now by Ina McMorrow. I decided to give it a try. Constant cognition is not healthy, apparently, not balanced. Those moments when we are thinking of nothing, why do we feel such bliss? Well, I thought, I didn't know that we did. 
Bliss, you say? Maybe. So I decided to try not thinking of anything. It was harder than expected. I got it down to only three parallel thoughts, then two, then one. And then finally, none. And I have nothing to report. I was thinking nothing, so I have no thoughts that I can recall. Except for one. I thought, this is bliss. You have been listening to another fine crop of Bill's Big Bag of Onions. And why don't you grow an onion? Just get in touch with either Colne Radio directly or via the Bill's Big Bag of Onions Facebook page. Remember, your microfiction must be exactly 100 words long, not including the title. Be seeing you. Big Bag of Onions is a guppy production for Colne Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience. Mm-hmm.